Welcome to Faith for the Rest of Us. I'm Brandon Robertson. This is a podcast where I cultivate conversations with some of the leading voices in spirituality, philosophy, and religion in order to help those who are deconstructing reconstruct a faith that works for them in the modern world. Today I'm chatting with Brittany Mueller, who's a writer, a mother, a wife, and a self-described enthusiastic believer in the beautiful strangeness of Christianity. Her new book is called The Contemplative Tarot, which seeks to reclaim tarot as a contemplative Christian practice. I hope you find today's conversation insightful and inspiring. Well, Brittany, thank you again for taking some time today to chat about your new book, The Contemplative Tarot. Um, And I'm really excited to dig in because as I was saying before we started recording, so many people are um, engaged in and interested in tarot these days. I see it all Mm -hmm. over social media. And to see somebody tackle this uh, practice from a Christian perspective is so compelling. Thank you. Yeah. So... I begin every conversation, uh, kind of a little off topic of the book, but just um, to see where you're at and to help frame kind of your own worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, this is called the Big Questions Podcast. And the big question we're ultimately seeking to tackle is what is the meaning of life? Or uh, a more um, accessible question maybe is what makes a meaningful life? And I wonder if you have uh, an answer to that. Oh, um, what makes a meaningful life? Um, I mean, I think my gut reaction to that, like my gut answer is other people make a meaningful life. Um, for me personally, just to take like a smaller picture answer to that question, I think, um, like what makes a meaningful life for me is my relationships with other people. Um, with my husband, with my kids, with um, my family and my neighbors. Um, yeah. yeah, I think relationships. Totally. I love that. And yeah, I mean, I think that's such a universal experience, um, especially mm-hmm. coming out of this pandemic moment uh, where yes. so many of us <laughs> were in isolation. Yeah, slowly. Yeah, for sure transforming the pandemic mode, I should say. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, people really rediscovering the value of community. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm gonna take that, your answer before we, we're going about your uh, the questions in a roundabout way, but- That's fine. You wrote this book <laughs> about this practice of using tarot mm-hmm. uh, for contemplation and spiritual grounding. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder to start, is there, have you figured out a way uh, to use tarot as a practice in community and to build relationship? Or when we talk about contemplative practice, is it really a one-on-one personal journey? That's a great question. Um, For me, it's interesting. For me, Tara feels very um, interior. And my own practice, um, I really do for myself. But I also feel like, Tarot is something that helps me create space for myself um, to sort of like, I guess, check in with my interior life. And that is something that helps me in my relationships. Um, It does, it's not something I do in practice with other people, but it is something that helps me to be more 
intentional in my relationships because I feel like tarot is a thing that really um, helps me to step back from my sort of very busy day-to-day life. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that that sort of helps me to think about things from a different perspective and to live more intentionally and in a less like reactionary way, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. So tarot becoming a tool to help you engage as a person better and more exactly. healthily in your relationship. Right, yeah. right. I love that. We're going to circle back to that. That was like one of my okay. last questions, but I think it, uh, your answer um, resonates so deeply and I'm excited to see how tarot can be a path for those who are listening to mm-hmm. have a more grounded life. But first, right. you identify as a Christian, as a, a Roman mm-hmm. Catholic, and mm-hmm. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about how that journey evolved in your own life and uh, how you ended up in this tradition. Sure, yeah. I um, I talked about it like a little bit in the introduction to the book, um, but um, I was raised in a Christian home um, and my family moved around a lot and we sort of like hopped denominations every time we moved. Um, so I was baptized um in a presbyterian church um i attended methodist churches and southern baptist churches um and when my family when i was 13 my family converted to catholicism um which was a really big sort of theological leap um we had been attending a southern baptist church for several years and there's there are a lot of theological differences uh, between the two denominations um but my family converted to Catholicism and I loved it. I loved Catholicism. I loved the, um, the ritual of it, the, um, I guess like the pageantry of it, um, the sort of theater of, of the mass. And I just thought it was beautiful. Um, and so I spent my sort of middle school and high school years as a very devout Catholic, um, and I had sort of a crisis of faith in college, um, not even really prompted by anything in particular. Um, I think I just, I had spent um, a number of years in sort of a, a Catholic bubble where like really the only other people I interacted with were Catholics. <laughs> um, and I went to college, um, I went to Baylor in Waco. Um, and, um, you know, sort of started interacting with like a lot of non-Catholics and, um, I don't know, started having a lot of questions about the faith in general and specifically Catholicism. And I didn't really know how to have questions and also like be a good Catholic. Um, and so I just left the faith entirely for most of my twenties um and didn't really go to church didn't engage in you know christianity at all for a long time um but i really i did miss like the the pageantry and the ritual and um yeah i mean i don't i don't think you can like grow up in a christian home and leave christianity and like not miss some parts of it you know um 
and that's sort of where tarot came in for me. It was something for me that replaced the ritual of religion, I guess, which is something we can talk about later. But um, I did, I did wind up returning to Christianity um, maybe five years ago um, and then returning to Catholicism maybe two years ago. Um, but it was sort of, it was tarot that sort of led me back to Christianity. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, again, your story, I'm sure resonates with so many people. There are so many of us who come from various strange, different Christian traditions, but Mm -hmm. then find ourselves deconstructing and walking away from what, at least an Orthodox version of Christian faith. Um, Right, right. What I've been seeing, even in my own life, is that um, there's a desire for almost a cultural version of Christianity, kind of as you were talking talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the language, the stories, the Mm -hmm. rituals but not so much maybe some of the big theological claims or the dogmas that people are required right. to align with. Um, yeah. Would you say, and this might be, answer this however this feels comfortable, but is your mm-hmm. faith today, would you say it's more aligned with kind of that cultural, almost aesthetic aspect of the Christian faith? Or um, is it also um, kind of deeply rooted in the doctrines and dogmas and orthodoxies of Christian faith? Or is it some mix of that? I think it's, I think it's some mix of it. I think originally when I came back to Christianity, it was, it was for like the sort of cultural aspects. Um, And I think especially the reason I came back to Catholicism is because it's like one of the big reasons is because it's my family's faith. Um, And, you know, there are parts of Catholic doctrine that I really love and agree with and really resonate with me. And there are parts of it that I really struggle with. Um, But like, I think the the big reason I came back is because it felt like my faith, Um, whether I agreed with everything that the Catholic church teaches or not, it's still mine. And I felt like I belonged there. Um, So yeah, I think it's both. (laughs) I love that. No, seriously. And and even just from like the aesthetic side of it, looking at your Instagram, I think if anybody goes over to your Instagram and takes just a scroll through it, it's stunningly beautiful in the way that you're oh, incorporating, you. yeah, tarot, but also like traditional Catholic iconography. And like mm-hmm. when I was scrolling through it, I was like, man, I kind of want to be Catholic just so that I can have <laughs> access to these. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it's a really beautiful, it's a beautiful faith. Um, right. And I do think that's something the Catholic Church does really well, like. It is a very aesthetically beautiful thing. Um, And I do think that matters. Like for me, like part of the reason I got into tarot is because um, I've always liked um, visual art and I've always been interested in um, aesthetics, I guess. And in this idea of like living a really beautiful, like beautifully cultivated life. Um, And I just, I think the Catholic church does that really well. Yeah, and so we've been talking about tarot a bunch, using that word a bunch. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you give us a little insight into both kind of generally when people are talking about tarot and tarot cards, like what is that and what's the background to the practice? And then Mm -hmm. you also take a turn and tell us a little bit about what you mean when you talk about it from a a Christian perspective and a contemplative perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just to give like 
the very short version. Um, so tarot is a, a tarot deck is a set of 78 cards. Each one has um, a different image on it, but they're all sort of interconnected. Um, I, I liken it to, you know, 78 interconnected works of art. I think that's what it is. Um, tarot originated in Renaissance Italy, which is one of the reasons I sort of got into tarot in the first place. I mentioned that I've always really liked art um, and Renaissance art is sort of a particular favorite of mine. Um, so tarot originated in Renaissance Italy um, and we think of it as, I, I feel like in popular culture, tarot is seen as um, like sort of a fortune telling device, but it was originally created as a card game for Italian nobles um, and didn't sort of, um, there wasn't really an occult connection to tarot until seven, several hundred years after it originated. Um, it was like 300 years later in France that mm. some occultists decided to sort of turn tarot into this like occult um, divinatory tool. Um, but yeah, we think about tarot as um, a fortune telling tool, um, but it wasn't designed for that necessarily. Um, and so for me, um, I've always felt very comfortable using tarot as a tool, not for divination, but just for um, reflection, introspection. Um, the way I use tarot is to um, pull a card when I do my morning prayer and to sort of spend time with the image and think about how it relates to whatever like Bible passages I've read that day. Um, but I think the fun thing about tarot is that it can be used in all sorts of ways. It's a very, I think of it as a very open-ended practice. Totally. Yeah. And I wonder, I'm sure you've gotten this critique, obviously, but um, there is obviously in popular culture today, the occult understanding of tarot. And mm -hmm. I also see um, in this moment, in a lot of deconstructing Christians, um, there is a discovery and uh, a claiming of tarot as a good practice um, in the kind of traditional occult sense, um, or I don't even know if mm -hmm. that's precisely the right language, but as a fortune telling or um, similar to astrology. Um, mm -hmm. Did you engage tarot in that way initially, or was it always kind of this artistic meditative practice for you? And is there a usefulness from where you sit to that kind of um, use of tarot as well? Yeah, um, I never really used tarot in that way, um, even like before I returned to Christianity. And it wasn't because I thought it was like unethical. Um, yeah. I just have never really believed in divination. Um, so for me, it was always um, a more reflective, artistic sure. practice. Um, that being said, I don't feel like I don't know, I don't want people to like come at me for this, but I don't feel like there's there's really, I don't know. I feel like there are so many problems in the world yeah. and I feel like people like playing around with tarot cards and trying to like tell fortunes with them. It's just really, 
that's not something that I really worry about or think of as like particularly sinful or scary. Um, I think, um, I don't know, I'm Catholic. So I feel like I can say this. I think Catholics especially can be really um, superstitious about stuff. Hmm. And um, I think sometimes, um, especially like with the occult, I think sometimes Christians um, make things or, or give things more power than they really have. You know, hmm. um, I've had a lot of Catholics um, critique me for like using tarot and tell me that, you know, tarot cards are evil and they bring in evil spirits into your life. And um, that, you know, I, I think a lot of Christians hold this idea that tarot cards themselves as a physical object hold some measure of evil. Um, and I just don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it, from my limited understanding of um, Catholic and Orthodox iconography, I mean, it's quite similar to the way the way you're describing it sounds like it's quite similar to the way that people use icons and other forms mm -hmm. of imagery. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've made that connection many times in conversations with people. Um, I think there's a, a great tradition in Christianity of using visual art in prayer. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think this is, it can be used in the same way. Tarot can be used in the same way. Totally. Yeah. And so just one other potential critique that I've mm -hmm. thought of as we've engaged, uh, as I've engaged with this question of tarot as a Christian practice, there's also, there has been a long history of Christians um, finding practices from other traditions that might not quote unquote belong to Christianity um, mm -hmm. and, and utilizing them. Or uh, I wonder as you've engaged in tarot and as you've thought through using tarot and introducing tarot to other Christians as a, practice that can be helpful. How do you negotiate that uh, the practice kind of emerges in a non-Christian context perhaps, um, or is primarily claimed by folks that say that they are not Christian or might even be anti-religious establishment? Mm -hmm. I wonder how you bridge that in the way you think about tarot. Um, I feel like, to be honest, I feel like I'm just now starting to bridge it because it's not something I had really thought about until the book came out. Mm -hmm. And when the book was released, I expected to get a lot of pushback from Christians and I did, but I also got an equal amount of pushback from um, people who describe themselves as um, pagan or neo-pagan or, you know, um, like self-proclaimed witches who sure. um, told me that I was like culturally appropriating tarot. Um, I personally, don't feel that way because tarot originated, as I said, in Renaissance Italy in a deeply um, Christian culture. Yeah. And there is a lot of um, Christian imagery in the cards that I think a lot of people just don't engage with, which is fine. Um, yeah. But it has been it has been interesting to, to hear the pushback and to think about um, how I can sort of, you know, because I don't wanna be insensitive to that. Um, sure how I can sort of engage with um, those critiques and, you know, be yeah. respectful. Yeah, I mean, that it, it's kind of the question of our era, right? I mean, so many of 
practices, not even religious practices, but so many practices um, have mm-hmm. multiple origin stories and um, right, right. It's part of living in a pluralistic world. And so I think mm-hmm. it's something that most people on a religious or spiritual path have to negotiate because so many for sure even progressive Christians are uh, utilize Buddhist practice or other forms mm-hmm. of meditation. So. I think it's something that we're all just having to constantly think through and wrestle with. Um, and mm-hmm. to kind of tie us back to the community question we started off with, while the way you describe tarot um, in the book and in our conversation as a contemplative grounding kind of individual practice, it also does seem that there's like at least a virtual community that has formed around your particular work and other folks um, in this space that I know that use tarot and similar practices there does mm-hmm. seem to be this global virtual connection around these practices. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about like your experience with that and what it's been like to find that you're not alone in the world practicing tarot as a, a Catholic and that there are many other people that are doing this. It's been really amazing. Um, I mean, I, I'm sort of on hiatus on Instagram right now, um, but Instagram has been like a, a huge part of my life for the last like eight years or so, um, which is how long I've been talking about tarot on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really fascinating um, to just sort of be on Instagram as I, I mean, I started an Instagram account to talk about tarot about eight years ago. And at the time I was not um, Christian. I was not using tarot in, in a, a Christian way. Um, I was using it in sort of a generic secular way. Um, and a few years ago, when I returned to Christianity, I started talking about tarot and Christianity. And it was the most incredible experience. Um, yeah. Because I felt like, okay, you know, I have like 10,000 followers on Instagram, and I'm going to start talking about Christianity. And all of these people are going to tell me I'm crazy, and like, are going to unfollow me and leave. Um, And some people did tell me it was crazy and left. Um, But a lot of people were really interested in what I was talking about. Um, And a lot of people, you know, were also using tarot in the way I wanted to use tarot. in sort of a prayerful way that aligned with Christian teaching. Um, And it was amazing. I felt like I was going to be alone in this because, you know, tarot and Christianity is not like, a natural pairing um and yeah it was it was great I mean they're really like on Instagram there really is a little community of um Christians who are using tarot in prayer um and to sort of deepen their spiritual lives um and it's it's great it's great to have that community especially because a lot of people do feel like um those two things can't really go together you know yeah again one of the gifts uh hard to talk about gifts from the pandemic era but i do think um, (laughs) move online and um just people engaging in conversations around all sorts of different practices and Mm -hmm. ideologies uh it's it's really incredible and again everybody should go over and check out your instagram one for the beauty of the art and how you talk about tarot but also Mm -hmm. i mean just scrolling through the comments and watching and, and seeing how people are talking about um each card that you're showing uh, yeah. is really fascinating. and That's really wonderful. Yeah, it's a spiritual practice reading the comments in and of itself. So, And that's <laughs> rare on social media. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. 
So I wonder, kind of a personal question, but as you've been using this as a practice for all these years, um, I wonder if there's one particular kind of insight or moment or like kind of those aha moments um, where you've been using tarot and something has bubbled up for you, um, a spiritual insight or something that you might be willing to share. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any like particular moment. Um, yeah. But I, I do have a particular card that I love. Um, I, I really love um, the Fool, which is the first card in the tarot deck. Um, and all of the all of the cards are numbered. Um, and the Fool is zero. Um, but I feel like that card has been or that that image has been um, particularly poignant in my own spiritual life. Um, because I tend to be um, just to be like really honest, I tend to be <laughs> like a pretty uh, serious person. And also in my spiritual life, um, I would say very like bookish. Like I really love reading. I really love reading theology. I really love research. Um, and I feel like that's great, but sometimes it's also um, a way for me to sort of like intellectualize my feelings or um, distance myself from um, like really engaging in the spiritual life, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like the fool is sort of the opposite of all of that. Um, in the um, in the full image that I use in the book, um, for the book I use the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, which is a very famous tarot deck. Like if you looked it up, even if you don't know anything about tarot, you would you would recognize the images. Um, so in the Rider Waite Smith um, deck, the full um, he has a little dog at his feet, and he's about to walk off a cliff. Um, and in the book, I write about the fool as um, sort of representing this idea of um, being foolish and childlike in our pursuit of God um, and sort of recognizing this idea that God is bigger and greater and more mysterious than anything we can imagine. And in order to really engage with um, this idea of God or to really fall in love with God, you have to let go of everything, everything you think you know. Um, and for me, I feel like that that's the kind of thing that's really helpful. Um, in my own spiritual life, um, to allow myself to ask questions, to allow myself to be foolish, to allow myself to say, I don't know, um, and to learn how to be okay um, in that sort of not knowing. For me, that's what faith is all about. Um, and it is like, it's not something that comes naturally to me at all. 
Um, so that that's helpful for me in my own spiritual life. That's the kind of stuff that tarot really helps me with. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And so I, this is just a random side question as I'm thinking about using uh -huh. tarot as a practice. Um, mm -hmm. The way you process pulling a card, um, are you thinking that there is any divine guidance in that? Or is it just like in the way that you're at least processing the practice when you're doing it? Is this card that when you pull it, something that the spirit is bringing up for you? Or do you see it as just random and something to help you think about a different concept or area of spirituality? Like, How do you process that personally? Um, I, I guess I think of it in a, in a more prosaic way. I have never like pulled a card and thought like, wow, that is God speaking to me. Um, I, yeah, I tend to think of it more. I feel like this is disappointing for some people because I feel like some people really want tarot to be like very like woo woo and magical, yeah. um, which is fine. Um, but for me, that's never been the way that I've experienced it. Um, I tend to draw cards and it feels random for me. And it's just a way to sort of um, think about things um, in a different way um, or sort of see a new perspective on like a, a situation. I love that. I, I mean, I think that shows the versatility of the tool and, mm -hmm. um, and the for different sure. So I think kind of the final question, uh, other than obviously everybody should pick up the contemplative tarot, um, if somebody is listening and they're like, mm -hmm. there's so many people starving for a path inward, uh, a path for spiritual connection, if they were going to begin using um, tarot, how would they start? What would they do if they pick up a tarot deck? Now what? Um... I think the best way to go about it is the simplest way. Um, so the way I learned tarot was to um, pull one card every day. Um, and I did that for a long time. Um, pull a card every day um, and sit with it. Sit with the card for like 10 minutes, um, which I think in itself is great. Um, because I think most of us have trouble like sitting and thinking about one thing for like 10 minutes. Um, I have trouble with that. Um, but I think pulling a card a day, sitting with it for 10 minutes, and then maybe like journaling about it, um, like what details in the image um, sort of like strike you as particularly interesting. Um, do you relate to the image? Do you not relate to the image? Why or why not? Um, you know, what thoughts and feelings come up? Um, I think it can be like a really open-ended sort of practice. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Um, I've met a lot of people who sort of um, are really engaged with the idea that every card has to have like a particular meaning and you have to memorize all the meanings of the cards and like only then is tarot useful for you. Um, but I, I disagree. I think it can be um, a, a very creative sort of open-ended kind of thing. 
Absolutely. I love it. It's so accessible. It's uh, mm -hmm. for some people kind of outside the box in a creative way to re-engage spirituality. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited uh, to try it out on my own. But also, um, I, again, everyone listening, I hope you'll pick up a copy of the Contemplative Tarot. I hope that folks will be open to engaging in new ways of uh, engaging in spiritual practice. And I'm really grateful for your willingness to not only write the book, but to share it with the world and to share it with uh, me today in this conversation. So thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, totally. Thanks for listening to this episode of Space for the Rest of Us. If you enjoyed today's conversation, would you do me a favor and head over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating. And if you really enjoyed this content, would you head over to patreon.com slash Brandon Robertson and become a patron today? For as little as $5 a month, you can gain access to behind-the-scenes content from this podcast and from my work all across the internet. Thanks so much in advance for your support of this show, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Faith for the Rest of Us.